you know, it's a blessing in disguise. You know, it allows me to step back and say, hey, look, you know, was I, was I getting too focused on this? Was, was I hyper-focused and on, on the sense of, you know, wanting to be successful and wanting to do well and wanting to impress my superiors and, and you know, trying to, to be overly successful to an extent where, you know, it clouds um, your Christianity, it clouds your faith um, to an extent. And so, you know, being able to take that step back and be like, hey, you know, like, Let's let's find a place that you know God's going to lead me to, and, and ultimately give me you know a more call it rounded experience. You're listening to Jesus Walks on Wall Street, where real people working in the finance industry talk about life, work, and faith. With your host, Pastor Nathan Hart. Sam, welcome to Jesus Walks on Wall Street. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. So, Sam, how old are you now? I'm uh, 21. 21 years old, and I've known you for about seven years. You and I have actually been having a conversation like this for almost that whole time. So you were like 14, 15 years old when we first started talking. Freshman year of high school or so, I believe. It's great. Meeting in diners and just talking about life and faith and calling and all that good stuff. So thanks for continuing the conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. No, happy happy to be a part of it. I remember in those earlier years when you were younger you and I used to talk about, you know, what your future is going to look like. And here you are now, you're a rising senior at Elon University. And you have over the last few years, at least in my perception, you've really received a calling from God. Can you just talk to us about what that's been like over the last few years? How would you interpret this idea that you've been called to go work on Wall Street? Well, yeah, no, I think, um, you know, it's, it's definitely more of a complex story in terms of uh, just zigzagging across yeah. what I've wanted to do and, and where I think I've been called. And, and ultimately, you know, it came with, you know, my, my father going through, you know, experience with his own company where he, he decided to sell it. And, you know, that piqued my interest knowing that, you know, I wanted to be involved in business in a, in a meaningful way. And then, you know, ultimately leading to, you know, multiple different internships with, with different banks and then pursuing um, investment banking, uh, postgraduate, and, and obviously this last summer. Well, I remember even before the last couple of years, many years ago, you were exploring ideas like, you know, maybe I want to go into music. And I remember at one moment in your life, you thought, maybe I'm called to go into uh, vocational ministry. Do you remember that those conversations long ago? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I we had uh, those interesting conversations where I had these the trifecta of, you know, whether it was finance, whether it was ministry or whether it was music and, and ultimately, uh, you know, almost pursued a lot of them simultaneously, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, not as Mm -hmm. intently as one another and and obviously not as intently as finance now, but, uh, those were all on the table and and being young and and being in high school kind of allows you to explore all those different paths as, as you see fit and and play around with, with what interests you and then ultimately decide on where you want to be and, and driving your, your path that way. But what internally, what voice were you listening to that finally you ultimately said, you know what, I'm going to go pursue a career on Wall Street? Well, for me, um, you know, I think being as as involved with, uh, you know, business in such a meaningful way, you know, like I mentioned, helping businesses achieve their goals and their growth Mm -hmm. is is Mm -hmm. something that, you know, is fascinating to me working, you know, so closely with, you know, top entrepreneurs and and C-suites of of large companies is is amazing. And and you don't get that kind of exposure as a young person, um, you know, like you do in in investment banking. And then in addition, you know, having mentors throughout the church and in the greater, you know, Greenwich community that have been able to kind of guide me in the right direction, you know, show me the way and, and, and doing that, you know, through, you know, a a Christ-like manner, you know, is very, 
you know, direct and it, it's helpful, you know, it kind of leads me and, and gives me a, a more concise and clear path. So you talk about mentors, older men, mostly men that you know, right here in our congregation who have careers in, in finance, who investment banking, and even traders and things like that. And you've been able to look up to these guys. And as you said, in a Christ-like way, these are Christian men who are working in Wall Street. How has that influenced your perception of the industry? Well, naturally, the industry gets a, a rather negative stigma. Um, and, and, you know, it's developed that over time, not necessarily undeservedly, but you know, I would say that, you know, having those types of people, um, you know, stick out as role models is, is incredibly important, you know, in, in any industry, but, you know, for finance, especially because it's, you know, a lot of the times you can get lost in the, in the translation of, of whether it be money or, you know, idolizing success and, and whatnot. And, you know, I'm sure the other, you know, guests on this podcast, you know, will echo that notion yeah. completely. And so, you know, having those types of mentors and role models allows you to kind of get an insight that you wouldn't otherwise get into, the world of finance, but then managing, you know, your relationship with God and simultaneously. And I think that's super important and seeing people do it successfully is, is inspiring. You know, it's something that you want to be able to do and, and, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road, um, you, you still want to have, you know, a strong relationship with Christ, you know, while simultaneously, you know, building success for yourself, um, in your profession. Was there ever a, a moment in your life where you thought I have to choose between following Christ and pursuing a career in wall street? Well, I, I would say at the at the younger level, it's it's interesting because it's it's definitely tougher to manage just because you're working, you know, monstrous hours and and you know a lot of the times you know for instance this summer, you know spending you know 100 plus hours in the office is is definitely difficult. You know, spending your Sunday mornings in the office is you know detracting from um, otherwise going to church or, or doing something like that. And so, you know, again, I think you know a lot of it's a constant battle. You know, you're you're forced to work and you know, really hone in and, and focus, you know, for a long period of your life. You know, it's, it's funny, you know, I always tell the story about, you know, my grandmother after I came home, uh, you know, from the summer and, and living in the city and her uh, filling me in on things I had missed over the summer with my own family that, you know, I had otherwise not known because I had been so invested in this job. And so I think that's uh, emblematic of, you know, kind of the greater experience with, you know, choosing between, okay, I, I have to dedicate X amount of hours to the job versus spending time elsewhere. Let's talk about your summer job. You just mentioned it a moment ago. And so you had a, a was it an internship or mm -hmm. what, what do they call you? An intern? Like a summer analyst. Summer analyst for Goldman Sachs, which is one of the largest, most prestigious Wall Street banks. And you were one of, you were the 2018 class, uh, you know, of the, of the young men and women that they hire. Tell me first of all about how the interview process was for that. And then what it was like doing that this summer. Sure. So I, coming from a more like non-core school, um, you know, not like a Princeton at Harvard or Yale, um, I really had to bootstrap my way into the process. And, you know, again, Goldman doesn't really come to Elon's campus. So knowing that I wanted to be at a, at a firm, the caliber of Goldman and, and firms like it, I uh, had to kind of find different avenues of, of approach in terms of networking and finding people and, you know, using LinkedIn and all that to, uh, to really, you know, hone in that search and, and find the right people to connect with. And ultimately one thing led to another, um, you know, the interview process started last summer um, when I was a sophomore going into my junior year and ultimately started with like a video interview where uh, you get posed a bunch of questions and you ultimately record yourself um, in a video answering these questions, which is incredibly uncomfortable, but nonetheless made it through that, uh, was flown up to New York to, uh, interview with the team on a Saturday morning. 
um, and and spent I guess it was three 20 minute interviews um, one on ones and, and one two on one um, ultimately you know a, a range of technical questions valuation stuff behaviorals fit based questions you know again my story um, and then you know was offered the position uh, the following Monday which was unbelievable it was i remember you texting me incredible moment yeah no it was it was an incredible moment um virtually accepted on the spot um and and could not have been more excited and uh you know ultimately moved into the city in in june and and then started you know my 10 weeks uh the first week of june this this past summer and uh you know it was definitely a great experience so now take us into that experience you mentioned long hours how many hours a week did you work this summer as a Goldman Sachs analyst? I would say on average, it was probably 80 to 90. Um, you know, again, it was, you know, it varied. Uh, you know, sometimes it broke 100. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, with that in mind, it, it's, it was, you know, a great experience. You know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. And, and nonetheless, all of those things. And, you know, while it seems daunting and, and intimidating, it was you know, great. And, and if it's something you enjoy doing, the hours don't mm-hmm. really mind as much. So well, how did you spend your day? So I probably got in around eight thirty or nine, um, before most people got in as an intern. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately you know, the mornings were a lot lighter. So, you know, trying to catch up on, on whatever it is that you were, you know, doing the prior day, you know, if there were any long-term deadlines that you had to meet, you know, kind of just chipping away at any of that work. Um, if you were on a more intense team, which, you know, for me, it came probably about halfway through the summer. I got staffed on a more intense team. Um, you know, that meant like working around the clock, you know, doing, you know, anything from, you know, modeling in Excel and then transferring that to PowerPoint to working with companies, taking calls, you know, working across different teams. Um, you know, I was in financial institutions, so I covered, you know, bank, fintech, asset manager, insurance clients. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times that meant we worked across, you know, a lot of different other teams throughout Goldman and, and then, you know, had to transfer all that knowledge and, and the wealth of information across different groups and, and to our clients and, and coming up with presentation materials was, was a huge function of, of the long-term game that, that we played in, in investment banking. So in these long hours and doing these kind of intense projects, certainly you're interacting with other interns, you're interacting with other people on the, on the team that you're working with. What was the culture like? The culture was great. Um, you know, I absolutely love the culture. It's a very intellectually curious culture. You know, everyone's there to learn and, and learn as much as they possibly can, um, you know, from the intern level all the way to the MD partner level. Um, you know, there's a significant culture and emphasis on two things, on teamwork and on work ethics. So, you know, I would say in terms of team-like environments, you know, Goldman boasts probably the strongest team-based culture um, of any bank um, that I've, you know, been able to, to connect with or, or work with. Um, but to that same point, I would say the work ethic is, is second to none. You know, you're, you're working with, you know, senior bankers there that are, you know, staying until, you know, 10, 11, 12 p.m. At, or I guess midnight, um, you know, and, and that are working almost as hard as you are and, and you're, you know, 20 years less experienced than they are. And, and to see that is, is inspiring. It's, it's encouraging, especially when, you know, you're, you're working those 98 to 100 hour stints where, you know, it seems really desolate, but then, you know, you see those senior bankers working just as hard and, and it's like, oh, you know, we're, we're all on the same page here. We're, mm. we're all working towards the same goal. And, and that's, that's something that really carries you through. I might've imagined you saying, seeing somebody in the industry 20 years on still working till 10 PM or later, I thought that might've been a discouraging thing thinking, oh my goodness, am I still going to be working these hours? 
20 years from now? I, I think it's, it's all about the lens through which you, you see it. Um, you know, you can look at it and have that mindset, or you can say, Hey, look, you know, these people are incredibly dedicated to their jobs. They love what they do. Um, and, and they're willing to do the work required to, to be one of the best banks on wall street. And so, you know, with that in mind, it's, it's a, it's more of a competitive edge that they want to gain by working as hard. You know, I think you're not going to find more competitive people, um, in the industry and, and, you know, better people to learn from. So with that in mind, again, that was the lens I saw it through, you know, you're, you're more than welcome to you know <laughs> look at it and say, you know, Oh goodness, you know, that's going to be me in 20 years and, and really get scared about where your career is going. But nonetheless, well, you're, you're, you're young, you're very high energy, you're very smart. You, you know, you have all that go getter mentality. I can see totally how you'd feel encouraged by being on a team of like-minded people mm-hmm. just like you. Now I'm curious, those long, long hours, you describe the culture as competitive and high energy and all of that. Does faith ever come up in conversation, anything remotely close to faith in a 12, 15, 16 hour day? Uh, to be candid, not really. Um, you know, and I would say there was one other intern where, you know, we had a more of a, like a faith directed conversation, um, outside of the office. Mm -hmm. Um, but nonetheless, it was one of those, you know, it it was, there was just like no time to really have that come up. Mm -hmm. Um, and and it's unfortunate because I think especially like you said, as a young person, it's a lot more difficult because you've got so many things you're trying to balance. You're, you're an intern, you're, you're not a full-time employee and, and you're really trying to earn your stripes. And so, you know, your, a lot of your focus is directed towards, you know, working as hard as you can, doing your best job, um, learning as much as you can. And so your focus ultimately, and unfortunately shifts away, um, from those, those Christ conversations. You know, I know we, you know, you think of a guy like Dave Bennett, you know, who's, you know, on the trading floor at Bank of America, you know, he's just absorbs and, and exfoliates, you know, Christ. It's, it's insane. You know, that guy breathes the living spirit. It's, it's unbelievable. And, and everything he touches, including his work, is surrounded by, um, you know, Jesus and, and, and his Christianity. So, you know, again, did you meet anybody like that at Goldman Sachs? No, <laughs> granted the environment was, was different. So like, you know, well, here, here's an idea. Maybe the environment's different because there's no Dave Bennett's there yet. True. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, um, you know, if they poach him pretty soon because he's, he's great at what he does, but nonetheless, I, w- I would say, you know, Dave Bennett is, is a, a true character. Um, you know, he's, he's a true pawn of God. And, and I would say the difficulty being is, is comparing the two is that, you know, Dave's a lot of what Dave's job is to, is to interact with other people. And so right. as know, a his, trader. his floor is a lot more vibrant than, yeah. than mine was just from, you know, relative basis, like looking at the two. Um, so I would say that that might have something to do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, you know, wasn't able to necessarily dig into the Christianity of, um, my colleagues. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't asking the question, you know, to kind of stump you and see if you shared the gospel or something like that. I was just curious about, you know, the culture and mm-hmm. to see if faith ever came up. So Sam, now I want to talk about how your internship ended. My perception is, you know, when, once you get the Goldman Sachs summer analyst internship, it, in some ways it can be really exciting because it's almost like th- this could be my ticket into a career in Wall Street. Um, so tell me then, how did the, the internship end for you? And let's just start processing that together. Yeah. So, um, you know, came away with a really wonderful review, but unfortunately, um, and, and like these things typically go, um, especially at a place like Goldman, uh, they significantly overhired and was not, were not able to offer, I believe there was a handful of us that they weren't mm-hmm. able to offer, um, at the end of the summer, which is, which is more unfortunate, um, just because 
you know, at the end of the day, it was a great opportunity and, you know, I enjoyed my experience and, you know, it wasn't like I came away with, you know, these, these anger, or this irritation or, or resentment for the firm. Um, you know, it was more so that, you know, gracious feeling of, of, you know, wow, I, I'd done it. And, you know, I'd really, you know, experienced, um, you know, investment banking at the highest caliber. And so, so there were a lot of positive takeaways. Um, did it end the way I would have liked it to? Absolutely not. Um, you know, I would have loved to come away with the offer, but um, you know, I, I think part of what it allowed me to come away with was like, you know, God's got a greater plan. You know, I've got, mm-hmm. I've got, you know, this this higher purpose, and, and you know, whether that's at a different bank or you know, a different firm or, or a different you know, area altogether, you know, that's remains to be seen. But at the same point, I think, you know, it's a blessing in disguise, you know, it allows me to step back and say, Hey, look, you know, was I was I getting too focused on this was was I hyper focused and on on the sense of, you know, wanting to be successful and wanting to do well and wanting to impress my superiors and, and you know, trying to, to be overly successful to an extent where, you know, it clouds um, your Christianity, it clouds your faith mm-hmm. um, to an extent. And so, you know, being able to take that step back and be like, hey, you know, like, let's let's find a place that, you know, God's going to lead me to and, and ultimately give me, you know, a more, call it rounded experience. You know, with that in mind, you know, I, I wouldn't trade the experience for the world. You know, it was, it was a tremendous, tremendous um, bank. It's a tremendous firm. You know, would highly recommend it to, to anyone, you know, looking for those types of opportunities, as hard as it is to, to really land. But, um, you know, again, it, it's one of those things that I think, you know, I'm, I'm going to be, you know, led in the right direction, you know, regardless. I love the way you're processing this. It's just really impressive. You know, you're 21 years old and you have a very mature perspective. Um, I would imagine that not everybody who didn't get the offer was responding as positively and graciously as you are. Were there, was there anybody around you who behaved a little differently? Yeah, no, there was, um, there were a few people, um, that were less than excited about their, I guess their fate. Um, and, and, you know, it's funny because I, I wasn't, you know, excited about it. It was just like, you know, there were, there were too many positive takeaways from it. Um, you know, when you, and especially when you really thought through it in hindsight afterwards, it's like, you know, look, you know, this, this isn't the worst thing in the world. You know, I worked at a, in a phenomenal bank and, and hopefully somebody's going to come away and be like, Hey, you know, this kid's really smart. It wasn't anything to do with his, you know, um, you know, with how, how he culturally fit or, or anything like that, you know, it was more so, you know, Hey, it just didn't work out. And, and a lot of the times these things don't, um, you know, I, I had friends at other banks that, you know, had similar fates where they weren't able to receive offers from the banks they worked at, but, you know, it was for a lot more of a severe reason as opposed to numbers and, and, you know, um, uh, being evaluated on a relative basis. And, you know, a conversation I had with a, a full-time there, you know, he said, you know, look, Sammy got screwed. And I was like, ah, oh, you know, not, not really. I mean, you know, I had a great experience, you know, I worked my butt off and, um, came away with some valuable skills. And, you know, again, like I mentioned earlier in this conversation, it's like, you know, it's, it's all about the lens through which you view it. Um, you know, you mm-hmm. can come away and take away, you know, all negative things because they're, they're there, you know, they exist. I'm not, so, you know, benign, I mean, but. it must've really stung the day you got the word that you weren't getting the job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, uh, for me, it was like, you know, I, I almost tried to prepare myself mm-hmm. for the worst. It was like, okay, you know, if I don't get this job, you know, I will be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, this doesn't change the story. This doesn't change. L- let me pull that out a little bit. When you, when you told yourself that if I don't get this job, it will be okay. What were you drawing on? What was giving you comfort? Well, two things. Um, 
you know, the more spiritual answer to that question is, is that, you know, and, and, you know, I heard this in, in a sermon recently, but, you know, you know, God's will is not going to change. You know, it's not like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I didn't get an offer and that changes the scheme of, of which the world is working mm-hmm. and, and now the earth is spinning backwards. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's merely like, you know, it's God's will is just, you know, unfolding itself in, in a different way um, or, or different from what I expected. Mm-hmm. And then the second answer to that question is that, you know, I, I worked for one of the best banks, yeah. you know, there is. And, and you know, I, I don't think I came away with, you know, an experience, um, you know, that was, you know, unfortunate or I didn't learn anything from, I think I came away with, you know, a tremendous experience that's transferable across, um, you know, so many different industries, you know, you think of banking, it's, it's really a good foundation for uh, a lot of other roles. And so, you know, with that in mind, you know, I, that also kind of, you know, was able to provide me some comfort. It's mm-hmm. not, not like, you know, I'm, Oh, I'm out on the streets now. It's like, Hey, you know, yeah. pick yourself up, dust yourself off. You worked for a great bank. Now go find another one. You know, Sam, I'm going to say it again. I'm really encouraged by hearing you talk about all this. I mean, the friend that you mentioned a minute ago who said, oh, Sam, you got screwed. You know, that voice, I'll call it like the voice of this world is always going to be there. You know, every opportunity you're going to hear voices like that, you know, and, and it, just think about this for a second. Let's say you, you agreed with that voice. You know, when this, this guy said, Sam, you got screwed. You should have gotten that job. And you were like, yeah, I did. You know, and all of a sudden it's going to be all about you. You're going to be bitter. There's going to be a bitter root forming in your soul. Yeah, no, I, I would you're going to feel prideful. It's, I just love, I so prefer the way you're talking yourself into a, a much bigger perspective. God's still in control and there's another plan for me. I, that's just encouraging. Yeah, to I mean, me. I, w- I wouldn't, I would even go as far to say that, you know, part of me, uh, you know, especially at the time even felt that way and agreed with it and agreed with the voice. Um, you know, it, I just think a bigger part of me was pulling me in the, in yeah. the direction that you just said was that, yeah. you know, look like there's, there's too many positives. There's too many yeah. encouraging uh, moments that can be drawn from this as opposed to, you know, the voice that says you got screwed because the you know, fact of the matter is, you know, who knows, you know, maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Um, it's not really up for me to decide. And, and, you know, <laughs> again, you know, had I decided it, I think it would have ended differently, but nonetheless, wasn't my decision to make. And so there's nothing, there's no point in harping on like the, mm-hmm you know, oh, you got screwed. Well, you know, sure, that might be true, but, you know, at the same Let's time. Let's not dwell on that. Yeah, you know, who cares? Oh, my gosh. Can you yeah. imagine just how miserable you'd be if you yeah, listened just, to that it voice? It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, let's talk now about, um, thank you for sharing all that. This is going to be extremely helpful for everybody listening. I'm sure we can all relate, you know, to disappointment and then talking our, or hearing the voice of God more loudly than right. the voice of the world. I was going to say talking ourselves out of it, but it's really God's voice giving you that wisdom. So now you're heading into your senior year at Elon. Where do you go from here? Well, you know, I think there's a lot of different avenues. I've reached out to just about anyone and everyone um, that's willing to, you know, take my phone call or take my email. But, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of it is is kind of just hopefully being directed in the right way. You know, I think casting a wide net, um, you know, from the sense of like recruiting and networking is super important because, you know, you never know what you're ultimately going to like. And if, if something strikes you as interesting, um, the best way to find out about it is by talking to people. And so, um, you know, that's what I've been able to do over the last few years. Um, and now it's more tailored towards, 
what I think I want to do a little bit more. So, you know, if that's more of an investing role, if that's more of an investment banking role, um, you know, evaluating those options, pinning them up against each other, and then, you know, seeing where the opportunities present themselves. You know, I think a huge part of this now isn't so much like, you know, oh, I have to work for XYZ Bank. It's more like, okay, well, you know, I think XYZ Bank will present themselves and Mm -hmm. I will be in in the right spot or end up in the right spot. And, you know, whether that path, you know, looks similar to the way it did for Goldman last summer or whether that path takes an entirely different route, you know, uh, who's to say, but, um, you know, that again, kind of going through that process, you know, I think (laughs) the the most annoying part about the whole return offer thing is now I can't really, you know, relax as much my senior year as I would have probably liked to. parents are happy about that. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) I'm going to be working a lot harder, but, um, again, it's like more of a nuisance to go through. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I've told you this a number of times and I told you this the day, you know, that you, shared with me that you didn't get the return offer. I'm just going to say it again. I have no doubt in my mind that you're going to be very successful. You have, I mean, what do I know about Wall Street? But I I know you well enough, I think, to, to, to be able to say that you have everything it takes. I mean, you have drive, you know, you have intelligence, you have a really healthy family of origin. That's, you know, you don't have all these, all this baggage that some people walk in with. Um, and you have a lot of these connections and you're, you're really leveraging and pursuing those connections right now. So, let's just assume for a moment as I am that three or four years from now, your career is, is humming right along. You're, you're really, you know, you're in your mid twenties and you are working for, let's, let's say an investment bank somewhere. Just picture that with me. What's, what's going on in your life? How are you thinking about your role, not just in the finance industry, but in the kingdom? Well, I think, you know, as I like become more senior and go through the process of, of ultimately like, you know, becoming more of a, of a fit to, you know, say for the hypothetical example, you know, in a bank, uh, you know, I think that one, you know, and, and we touched on this earlier, but you know, it makes it easier to be like a lot more open with your personality, with your faith, with, you know, everything about you. Um, one, because you spent ideally more time with these people, but two, um, because you have a more solidified role in your, in your career. I think, you know, again, as an intern, you know, I would have loved to be able to compare with you, you know, a year from now saying, okay, look, you know, episode two is Sam Curtis, you know, let's go through and see, you know, what, what is the difference between what his life was mm-hmm. like as an intern and, and what he's been able to do is say as a second year analyst, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the same firm. Sure. Less. And, and so, you know, again, like, you know, would love to do that, but, <laughs> you know, it'll just be with a different bank. But, you know, for that example, you know, I'd say in a perfect world, you know, one, you, you find people that are more rooted in it throughout finance, you know, and, and I think, you know, Dave Bennett, we, we keep talking about him, is, is such a great example of that. You know, guy just shines Christ, you know, in everything he does. Um, and, and, you know, not to take away from it at all, but, you know, he's been, you know, doing this for 15, 20 plus years um, and has demonstrated his, his really his, his just his capabilities as, as a finance professional. Um, and, and so no one's going to come around and question it, whereas, you know, I believe in, in conversations you might have with with younger finance professionals, even on Dave's team, no less, you know, might might speak differently about their their faith or might speak differently about how open they are with their faith, at least in, in the working environment, especially because, you know, these people are incredibly focused. Like anywhere you go on Wall Street, you know, these people are so driven, so focused. You know, a lot of the times, you know, nine to five and beyond is, is totally and, and solely devoted to their work. So... You know, five years from now, um, you know, I, I do want to be at a level where I'm, I'm one, comfortable and, and doing well and, and, you know, progressing through my career and in a positive trajectory. 
Um, but two, you know, I want to be able to kind of have that focus on on my faith a little bit more. You know, again, like you know, I lived in the city and I worked every Sunday. <laughs> like you know, there there was literally not enough time in a in a week yeah. um, to to devote a healthy amount of of your mm-hmm. attention to Christ. And and you know, that's an unfortunate truth, and I hate to admit it, but it it, it just is how those things go, especially at the intern or, or even at the junior level. So, you know, moving off that, you know, again, five years from now, I would hope that improves. I would hope that, you know, definitely evolves into something stronger and better and, and healthier um, from a spiritual and, and <laughs> physical <laughs> uh, presence as well. So, you know, with that, you know, I'd say ideally it's a better position. Um, you know, that's how I would imagine it would be regardless. How are you thinking about wealth accumulation and that as it um, plays a role in your understanding of the kingdom? Well, I mean, tithing is incredibly important. Um, you know, I think, you know, devoting, you know, a portion of your earnings to back to the church and, and back to God, you know, to, to carry out his work is, is hugely important. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I think people in the finance industry are at a massive advantage because, you know, you're, you're paid handsomely for, for what you do. And, and therefore, you know, you know, to those who much is given, much is expected sort mm-hmm. of thing where, you know, I think the more you're given and, and you know, the more, I guess, not, I don't want to call it burden, but the more wealth you accumulate, mm-hmm. like you put it, um, therefore, the more you're, you're able to give away, therefore, the more you're able to donate, the more you're able to tithe, the, the more you're able to, to do with. Um, and, and so, you know, just keeping that kind of in the forefront of your head, you know, as you, you grow older and, and, you know, you ideally, you know, make more money um, mm-hmm. and, and you come away with, you know, uh, you know, a sense that, you know, you, you're, you're tithing as appropriate, you're tithing as you're supposed to um, and, and going through those those, uh, you know, processes accordingly. Um, Mm -hmm. because I think, you know, that's, that's how God wants it and that's how you're supposed to. And that's how I was raised. And, um, it's, it's what's expected of me. So I I don't think that should change with, with wealth accumulation. Mm -hmm. So it's basically just applying the same principles you already are. I mean, you already think you already have a love for the church. You have a love for the kingdom. You have a love for Christ. You already, I know you, you earn a little bit of money now as a college student. I know you contribute a portion of that to the kingdom. So what, what I think I'm hearing you're saying is as you earn more and more and more in the next years and decades, you're just going to keep applying those same principles. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I don't, again, you know, I don't see why it should change. You know, yeah. there's like, you know, there's, there's only so much somebody needs, uh, mm. you know, of other things, um, you know, and, and ultimately like you know, if you think of like the 10% rule or mm-hmm. law or whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think, you know, that's, that's really not a, a large portion, especially if you're in the, in the process of already doing it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's a lot harder, harder mm-hmm. once like you start tithing. If you say you're 35 and you start tithing after you're now right. making a lot more money, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get adjusted to as opposed to doing it now where, mm-hmm. I mean, again, like as a college student, you're not really making a mm-hmm. lot of money. Um, but you get in the habit of doing so. So it's just like an, it's almost like an immediate reaction. Sam, you got to understand that's music to my ears. That is the coolest thing. When you start tithing at a young age, when you're earning little, it's, you know, more natural because usually the thinking is opposite, right? Once I start making millions, then I can start tithing. I don't make enough money now, but you just explained something really quite insightful, right? I'm a college student. I'm not earning much. So if I tithe now, then as I earn more, it's just going to be baked into my lifestyle and the tithe is going to increase. But you're totally right. You talk to somebody who's 35 and they're making, let's say they make a million dollars a year. 
and you say, hey, you know, you should think about a tithe. And they look at you like, you're telling me I'm supposed to give $100,000 away, right? But the, the story you just articulated was, no, you do that every year, even when you're young, and it becomes totally natural when you're older. Right. I'd, I'd love for the whole church to hear a message like that as we, as we pour into the next generation like yourself. Right. Um, so I hope young people listen to this and get that from you. No, I, again, it's, you know, I can't reiterate it enough. I think, you know, if anything, like the more wealth you accumulate, the more you should be tithing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just, it just makes sense. You know, it's a, think of it as a proportion, um, you know, and so, you know, going through it, I, I, I do, you know, think it's helpful to start because, you know, it's going to get more difficult as you, you know, I, I don't necessarily have bills to pay. Um, right. you know, so I don't, I don't, you know, tax, oh, taxes are a nightmare. <laughs> so, you know, like, you know, and when I got paid this summer and, you know, a ton of it goes to taxes, it's like, Oh, you know, bummer. Like <laughs> you're left with a lot less than you thought you would have been. And so, um, with that in mind though, you know, like, you know, as you make more money, you get taxed more. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it ultimately becomes like harder and harder to tithe the, the further and further you put it off. Um, yeah. And granted, I don't tithe as often as I should. Like mm-hmm. I could totally be better with it, um, especially because, you know, being in college, like you, you don't really have like a steady income or mm-hmm. anything. It's it's more like you're losing money at an ex- exponential <laughs> rate. Um, so <laughs> with that in mind, it's um, it's definitely like, I would say more difficult, but if you kind of get in the habit of it, like, you know, I've started mm-hmm. to, I'm not like perfect. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not like the greatest right. tither who's lived. Who but. among us is, you know? Yeah, exactly. So we've pictured the Sam Curtis a few years from now. I want us to picture that 14 year old that I first met seven years ago. Picture him in your mind right now. What would you say to him uh, seven years later uh, that you've learned even over the last year or that you've learned about life? Or yourself. Yeah. Um, first and foremost, I'd say um, stop pursuing music so intently and go to a better college to make your life a little bit easier. Um, but other than that, you know, I'd say, look, you know, you, you know, you have a good head on your shoulders. You know, keep keep the right trajectory, keep the right direction. You know, I think a, a huge part of it is is you know not falling away from it because because oftentimes you know i was i was nervous you know going into college it's like you know am i am i going to totally lose touch with you know christianity something that i valued you know deeply in high school and 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 obviously now still continue to value but making that transition and you know it's going to be the same discussion or same thought process when i graduate college and and go into the workforce and you know hopefully emerge onto wall street it's like you know I spent a summer there and, you know, I, I didn't necessarily have as much time as I would have liked to, to devote to Christ. So, you know, again, like, you know, I think my 14 year old self, um, you know, did well, um, because I'm here now. So Hmm. I, I trust that, you know, things fell into place correctly. Um, but you know, I would say, you know, what's, what's even more important is like that discussion with, you know, the, the year from now self being like, Mm -hmm. okay, Hey Sam, you remember where you were a year ago when you Mm -hmm. finished your summer at Goldman and, and, you know, you're feeling a little, not empty, but just like you feel like you should have done better in terms of your faith. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. let's, let's fix that because now you're doing this full time. Um, you know, this is the real deal. You know, your life has now become real. Cause you know, everything before that's rather obsolete, right? You know, you're, you know, a lot of people don't refer to like college as real life. You know, you're mm-hmm. there for four years and then you got to go find a job and that's where your, your real journey kind of begins. Um, so ensuring that, you know, that, relationship that you still have with Christ is, is strong and moving in the right direction. Um, especially when you graduate, especially when you're, you're going into the workforce is, is massively important. Before we go to uh, fellowship hour, what else related to all this is on your mind that you feel like you want to share? Well, you know, I, I cannot, um, you know, reiterate enough, you know, the mentors that I've had, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think, 
you know, in terms of like advice I'd have for anyone who'd be listening that would be younger or trying to make a jump into Wall Street at, at a younger, more junior level, you know, find those people, um, mm. especially people who like share the same values, you know, because I think, you know, it, it's one thing to, to go meet with this person and, and, you know, connect with them and, and be able to have the discussion, you know, on a professional level of saying, hey, look, you know, can how can you be helpful to me? How can I be helpful to you? You know, ultimately trying to land a job that's different from, you know, sharing, you know, your values, like, you know, you know, a boss I had, you know, in a, in a prior internship before Goldman, you know, is a Christian as well. And, you know, sharing that, you know, and having that and knowing that to be like the context that surrounds you as a person, I think one goes a long way and, and two, you know, should, should ultimately help and, and really foster that relationship. You know, I think that's ultimately where your, your relationship is going to be stronger. Right. So, you know, I think, my relationship with a guy like Dave Bennett is far stronger where, you know, I can text him on a, on a regular basis, mm-hmm. you know, asking for advice, whether it be, you know, more spiritually, whether it be more professionally um, versus, you know, more other connections that I've been able to, to make where, you know, they're solely based on, on professionalism. They're solely based on, you know, how can I, you know, tailor myself for, for XYZ job or XYZ opportunity. So, you know, finding those mentors that not only, you know, help you, and I'm not saying, you know, don't reach out to the mentors that, you know, might not be Christian or you don't share that with, but, um, you know, having, you know, one or two people in that bullpen that, you know, can, can mm. really lead you in the right way and, and kind of guide you while keeping in mind, you know, your Christianity, your faith, your, you know, the Holy Spirit and the like, you know, is, is super important, um, you know, just going forward. What I love about what you just said, Sam, you described for us your MO of going and finding mentors. Like that's, I've seen you do that over the last few years. You find guys in the congregation who have careers on wall street and who have their identity in Christ and you pursue them, you text them, you call them, you get coffee with them. Um, I would imagine other people might think, man, I wish I had a mentor. I wish I had someone who would pour into me, but you've just gone out and eagerly sought them. I mean, that's a, that's just a little secret in, in the whole idea of mentorship. A lot of people don't understand. Very rarely does a young person go up to an older person and say, Hey, will you mentor me? Very rarely does that older person say, no, I don't have time. Older people love to hear that, right? The people that you've pursued. I mean, haven't we all just said, yeah, let's go have coffee, Sam. We love that stuff. Usually. I mean, again, it depends how you're connected to the person. Like I've had people have been like, no. Well, when you get a cold call <laughs> email out of the blue, nah, no, like, that's, who's Sam? I, <laughs> that's, that's what I meant. You know, I, I would yeah. say like the people that you're actually connected to, that you, you have some sort of logical um, reason to, to connect yeah. with it makes a lot more sense. Um, yeah. you know, I was just kind of joking around cause you know, the amount of like cold emails and you cold do a lot of that. Yeah. It works. You know, I, yeah, great. I, I it, it definitely works. So yeah, I can't, I can't deny it. Well, let's go to fellowship hour when you're after church on Sunday, when you're eating a, a grape and a chunk of cheese after service, what's on your mind unrelated to all this stuff? What are you unrelated thinking about? Unrelated to all this stuff. Oh goodness. Well, excited to get back down to school for one, you know, yeah. I've only been able to get to the last two or three services. So, um, you know, that's been heavy on my mind. I drive down tomorrow morning. Um, no, you know, I'd say, you know, there's, there's definitely like, you know, music has, has been such a huge part of my life. So that's, mm-hmm. you know, a huge part of what why kind of mu- music do you listen to? I'm more like classical and whatnot. It's just what I played when I was, you know, playing more intensely. But, um, and that's again, part of why I like this church is, you know, the music is taken usually very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, it's, you know, a, a big part of my life It will remain to be whether or not I like pursue that professionally, uh, is, is now more clear, um, mm-hmm. that I will not be, but, um, 
nonetheless, no, that's music's a lot. You know, it's always on my mind, and and I'd say that you know that's a huge, huge part of my life outside of finance, which you know ideally is instrumental to like you know people that you know do pursue finance that they they aren't all they work or I don't know. I, I phrased that poorly. They aren't their job. You, you know, have identity the, outside of exactly. your work. That was how I should have said it the <laughs> first time. But um, yeah, no. So, so for me, that's, that's a huge part of, you know, my life. Um, you know, it remains to be a massive part of my life and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to fit that in when I can is, is important. Um, you know, yeah, that's, that's, that's probably, I would say music's like, I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. boring outside of that. It's just music's pretty much it. That's great. Thanks so much for sharing that. And Sam, thank you so much for this time and for sharing your heart and your experience. It's been really encouraging to me. So thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Can I pray for you? Yeah. Okay. Lord, I just thank you for Sam. And I thank you for uh, just the joy of having uh, a part in his life and being able to talk to him about these things that you care so much about as well. And I pray for him over the next year and beyond. I pray that you'd continue to call him, and I pray that your voice would be louder and clearer than the voice of this world that's always going to be offering him basically an alternative way of looking at the world than the one that you provide. Thank you that he already has a worldview that's grounded in you, and I just pray that you'd continue giving giving him that. And I pray all these things in the powerful and precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Jesus Walks on Wall Street with your host, Pastor Nathan Hart.